0: So, welcome to another episode of the Uru Lab podcast from Bengaluru. Ever complain how bad our cities are, how bad your commute is, you'll get to hear from people who are working to solve these problems in their own way. This is your weekly soapbox for urban sustainability. I'm Satyash Sankaran. Urban dwellers broadly struggle with depleting service levels in public infrastructure. Citizens are at their wits end trying to get their public officials to fix their problems. Are we barking against the right tree when we ask for civic problems to be sorted out? Some have even gone to the courts with public interest litigation to help get simple things like footpaths fixed and obstructions cleared. Let's ask our guest today, Surya Prakash. He is the program director at DAKSH, which works on legal reforms. He has more than two decades of experience in law. He was also the co-host of the Talaharate podcast in Canada. Welcome to the show, Surya.
1: Uh, thank you Satya so much for having me on the show, it kind of gives me uh, pleasant memories of uh, the Talharate podcast, uh, which we hosted for quite some time, mm-hmm. uh, still not very clear. <laughs> so happy that uh, we are discussing this important topic uh, and very close to your heart, having uh, seen your work, fantastic work you've been doing for the last few years.
0: So let's dig in. Uh, So where are we supposed to complain uh, when we have, you know, like the civic issues, right? We are at our wit's end trying to ask officials to fix it. There are lots of uh, apathy uh, that we feel, even though they are wanting to do, they are unable to do for various reasons. What resources as citizens do we have to get remedies for the deficiencies in public infrastructure, the thing that the government builds for us in the cities?
1: Yeah, and I, I, it's such an important question. Um, and I don't think enough has been talked about this, uh, if I may call it uh, the grievance redressal for citizens as mm-hmm. citizens. There are, of course, uh, uh, subject or grievance type variations. If I a footpath is broken versus no water supply, electricity supply versus garbage, there are very context specific responses That are required by a citizen. But to draw from uh, those specific instances, the first course, the first action should be with the executive. The citizens should always ask that the executive be more uh, responsive to their needs because two things they are the closest to the ground. Your VWSSB office, water supply office, is in the range of, uh, 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 is is just around. uh, Two, three kilometers somewhere right? usually it's such the range so they're close to the situation as an example and more importantly they are the in the legal structure in the governance and institutional framework structure they are uh, supposed to be doing this first level you know ticket uh, the lowest level of ticket response now this does not mean that this is the only level of recourse and and we kind of always talk about the executive and the uh, judiciary um and we will come to the judiciary in just a bit as as being one institution but are actually multi-layered to it there is a assistant executive engineer there's a chief engineer and then you'll have a chairman then you'll have a in parallel you will have your ward committee and a corporator and the mla you'll have the minister then you will have the cm right so so of course the citizen uh, wants quick solutions that's all he cares about as somebody who wants solutions effective solutions not just you know patchwork what the next step should be is very very uh, dependent on where you are where you are located not just geographically as a city as a person i think and this is an answer considering or assuming that the citizen is acting in good faith i mean no other you uh, know situation we want to even contemplate in this conversation so somebody possibly who has a connect to a minister, probably just call him and say, right. Right. It may lead to action. What's wrong in it? Somebody who can walk up to a AE's office and say, right. So I think uh, what recourse can be taken is very, very dependent on where you are. There is no one answer, in, which includes how the judiciary can also be used uh, for this purpose, when I say used, can be taken uh, uh, as a resort, a legal resort, to, uh, uh, without being any abusive process. Again, the judiciary is not one monolith. There is a, you have a district court, courts, you have your high court, and sometimes even Supreme Court, right? For example, the, the fact that there have been no elections in Bangalore had to go to the Supreme Court and they had to give directions, which has not been followed <laughs> So, so again, very have to be very mindful of where we are at uh, because our courts and our institutions are located in a larger political uh, uh, system and a legal institutional uh, hierarchy. I think this would possibly lay out the outline of what we can uh, develop over the course of this conversation.
0: Sure. So let's talk about the executive, which by which you mean the officials and the bureaucrats who have been elected to the civic bodies that actually deliver your services like the city corporation, the water supply board, the electricity company and these kind of things, right? Now, most of these people end up having some kind of a grievance redressal platform of sort. Nowadays, it's the age of the app. Everybody's building an app for everything. Yeah, And it seems to be a black hole which goes into... I mean, it may get addressed, it may not get addressed. I don't, we don't know if people are just, uh, the executive just collecting all of the troubles together to That's fix it at right. one shot. And what we feel is, I gave you a trouble, you need to fix it versus... Their whole tendering process—that uh, is, av- that that they use to collect all the problems into—where do you see this particular uh, uh, executive's responsiveness going at the first cut? Because that's where we anyway go. But if the ball drops there, what happens? What are the complexities there? You see,
1: which is very common. So it's not uh, just an imaginative uh, scenario. So let's assume that we there is a complaint or uh, you're bringing to the notice of authorities. Again, we need to, in India, we kind of conflate these two, but it is very important that we distinguish between the executive, the the bureaucrats and the elected executives, although they are political in nature. And this may vary. Uh, um, I mean, in the rural, we are talking about urban areas, urban so different, area. but but in rural, the panchayats, yeah. could well be both, right? So not always, but more or less, you could say that they have a larger control over and which is the conversation which is now developing are really, you know, cities on par with, it seems that the rural bodies have more power than urban bodies. Anyway, mm. different question. So when, when there is a lack of response or an mm. ineffective response by the bureaucrats, depending on the nature of the problem, there is either an escalation that you should do within the, executive, uh, on the gravity of the problem, and possibly also explore the judicial route. The reason why I say this is if there is, for example, again, the problems could be at various stages, right? Either mm-hmm. you could have a footpath that is broken, mm-hmm. you could have a road that is very poor,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or you have a repair that is not going on in the way you uh, uh, you think it should be going Right. It's not proceeding the way it should. It's either slow, the Egyptura flyover, it started, but is not going anywhere. So you have either a current situation or you have a future situation, which is you think it is heading that it's like you can see it's going to crash very soon. Or it's even earlier, when there's a design, the steel flyover, right? When there is even a thought of uh, 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 the tunnels that are being talked about how how uh, how should we think about them now in in cases where the grievance is towards is, is at the stage of conceptualization very often there is no executive uh, jurisdiction at all you can't go to anybody for, for an idea that is still being discussed all right so then you have to engage at the highest political levels or sometimes even judicially who are the people who are drawing up these designs Right? Are they mandated? Are they legally allowed to? Right? So these are questions that should be asked. For example, uh, uh when the designer, when the when the flyover is being designed or the tunnels are being talked about, why isn't the Bangalore Metropolitan uh, uh you know action force or the you know uh that body not involved? Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Or the BMLTA, so or the department so are there right people in the room when these are even being discussed, officially? That could be a, a suitable for a PIL or a judicial recourse. But if it is at a state of, you know, um, this is not being, this is broken down, can you repair it? It may be uh, uh, that the judiciary uh, will be, while it may uh, uh, signal and make some noises, the real action is uh, with the executive it is often said that the uh, 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 the judiciary is the very powerful. But in carrying out its orders, in executing its orders, it has to depend on the executive. Mm-hmm. So there is no money that the, ex- the judiciary itself has. It, has. it is relying on somebody else's money. So imagine them following through, etc. So we have to be mindful of these institutional limitations when we approach them for relief, for effective, sustainable relief, if I may add that if you if you really want to just make a point then it's okay but if you want what you want to happen
0: mm-hmm.
1: and be uh continuing to happen over a period of time then there must you must think through at, at, uh about what you want uh, uh what you're asking whom are you asking what the solution mm-hmm. the relief you're asking should it be with the high court should it be with the supreme court of course you can't try to be jumping supreme court but you know are you going to the consumer forum are you going to the uh, uh you know the district court first questions to be asked for example when there is a poor road and you know uh yeah we, we don't have to talk much about it we know it so well it's a lived experience and there is a person who is injured by way of a accident that is caused by a poor road we have seen it right? very very uh you know it, it hits you really hard they approach courts and the courts don't give relief and say this is really, really shocking that, uh, again, which court? The district courts don't give relief. They will say, uh, we don't have a jurisdiction. This is actually, if, if at all, this is actual tort. Right? Somebody mm-hmm. who is suffering from the effect of somebody else not doing something. If this is not in your jurisdiction, then you have a lot to answer for, right? This is where to understand what relief to ask whom at what point of time. It's important to remember contextually where these institutions are, or at what point of time. If the same case had been applied, had been filed in the early 80s, or maybe even late 80s or early 90s, you may have found them to be much more uh, willing to hear you out, because at that point of time they were responding to a political and bureaucratic system that was not um, not much looked up to in this by the uh, uh, you know. Uh, by the society so the judiciary had to step in and then i think post-liberalization or maybe after 94-95 you have seen the system change that these executive and the politicians are uh, much more hands-on they want they want this uh, uh, to be res- we seem to be responsive if not actually responsive so the um exec- possibly the judiciary took a back seat so if you file the same case for a poor roads why we have a PIL in the mm. Dharwad bench, the response you will get will be very different from poor roads in Bangalore in the Bangalore bench of the Karnataka High Court. Why? Dharwad is not possibly seen to be as important for the state as it is as Bangalore is. Right? I'm just. This is a conjecture, just to drive home the point that. There could be variations in institutional responses depending on the location of the problem and who, uh, 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 who is being asked uh, to do what. If I could just zoom out a bit from here, it would be that all institutional responses should be seen to be uh, part of a larger complex system. Ultimately, each institution is a complex system by itself, which mm-hmm. is responding to the pushes and pulls of systems around it. You could say each of them are subsystems of a larger system, which is possibly the nation, but you could expand it beyond. There is a fantastic statement by one of the complex systems thinkers. that Ultimately, there is only one system, the universe. Yeah. everything else is just a subsystem so i mean we don't have want we don't want to get so uh, metaphysical
0: philosophical,
1: uh, philosophical but uh, uh, just to you know for our immediate conversation it's better to remember that how uh, uh, institutions respond and how you should engage with it is very context specific which does not mean and if i could just take a, a couple of minutes more which does not mean that you are uh, uh, you're, that you always need to be pragmatic. There is scope for being idealistic. There is scope for being uh, principled. There is scope for being um, uh, uh, being comp- votaries for uh, accountability and transparency. All of those uh, you have space for, but there is you have to do it very consciously. Like everything else in life, you have to be aware of who you are and where you are before you take any action, which does not take away your agency or your options, but uh, um, just have to be very mindful of, uh, uh, you know, going out in a town hall and not uh, uh, and putting up play cards to say improve roads and not improve roads. But it is very important, right? It is it is a part of who you are. Maybe there are 15 people like you who want to tell the world that this is important for us. It is an extremely important point. So there is a space for people who want to do that uh, and there is a space for people who want to engage on the constructive side of uh, engaging with policymakers, engaging with the executive judiciary, engaging with uh, judicial reliefs. Uh, 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 so again, the question seemed to be uh, um, what can a citizen do? But I think we have now arrived at where we're saying there could be different types of citizens and you your uh, you know your responses could be very different based on where uh,
0: you are at. One of the questions that arises is how do I know where I'm at, right? How do I determine how the court where I live respond? Uh, how do I find that out? Is there something that I can see? Are there precedents that we can use or how do we learn? Because we have, when I look at, I was a part of a PL. let's jump into the judiciary before we get into the political side of things, uh, the, there are the personal damages that we are seeking remedies for. I fell down, I broke my leg. I need compensation because it was poorly done, whatever it was, right? I was walking, I was cycling around. The grating was in parallel instead of perpendicular. I have seen in the PIL, The court generally, even though they want to give us a remedy, they basically side with the executive, not necessarily claiming act of God till the push comes to a show, but they Mm -hmm. basically say, can you go and do, we are trying our best, you know, we'll give them a chance, improve footpaths in the next five years, it doesn't happen, another PIL. Okay, you know, I've even had cases where in the PIL that I was a part of, Uh, we had said there was an obstruction. The footpath was clearly broken and there were scooters standing on the footpath. And the next time they had the next hearing, they came back, removed the scooters and said, we have cleared it, but the footpath was still broken. So it's hearing to hearing. We are jumping uh, into uh, different pieces of this puzzle uh, and the responses have been Quite, uh, I should say, siding with the judiciary, siding with the executive, kind of a thing. So there are two parts to this, right? There is a public interest litigation, which is a group of people coming together and saying, "Can you do better footpaths? Can you do, uh, you know, better bicycle lanes or whatever?" Versus personal injury, which needs compensation. So this brings to the question you mentioned about tort. What is tort? How does it? How does India compare vis-a-vis some other countries? I've heard of uh, remedies in the U.S. where Somebody spilled hot coffee on their lap, and yes, uh, and they get <laughs> millions of dollars. Why are why are some countries different? Is there is the law itself different? What are we doing differently?
1: Okay, to, to answer that first, I think the law is the same. I mean, there are two laws, right? Uh, 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 one is the statute, and then mm. there is the judicial uh, precedents which create the law, common law, right? Mm. Where India is lacking because because we're part of the larger uh um, british uh, inherited laws there are british precedents that uh, could be relied upon to give relief where it can be provided if the judge the courts want to what is lacking is that will to take it forward mm. and this is possibly where and we could have uh a debate around that is the judge's Realization that no, there is a a, a Lakshman Rekha that they should not cross. Yeah, Lakshman Rekha is not. I mean, all of that. There is a line they should not cross, and the realization that bureaucrats are also operating within their limitations. There are political limitations, right? Who are the contractors through whom the bureaucrats get the work done? How are the contractors selected, right? Where is the corruption angle with of you know of those contractors and the politicians being uh, together so it's possibly and, and that is a larger socio political uh, development that will have to take time uh, uh, possibly it is the judges realization that that has to play out on its own one way to look at it would be unless there is a provocation unless there is a nudge or a poke that's changed you know I mean, in my mind, a complex is like an amoeba, right? Shapeless, always responding to change around it. Unless somebody pokes it, it will sit where it is. It's a stable equilibrium, right? Unless somebody pokes it, it will not shift its shape. And that's poking is is possible through judiciary. Of course, it is possible through the society. But because of the diffused nature of socio-economic, uh, social uh, engagement with the larger system, it's become so much more difficult. With the judiciary, it is possible for them to push hard, poke, uh, and say no, do it differently. Right? That has not happened. That's that's, uh, that's the answer uh, to your second question. The the uh, sorry, I forgot. The first part was there a question or was that a
0: kind of? It population? was more like. Uh... Understanding why uh, they side with the executive. And of course, you answered why they side with the executive because they just want to poke. But let's ask that first question differently again. You talked about the line that they draw. In general, we have the constitution, which is the law, and then there is the common law, which evolves by reading precedents and making uh, judgments based on so if I didn't get a remedy here, uh, somebody else must have given a remedy in some other court and we can use that and say, hey, there's the precedent. They're the footpath that said this. So why don't you do that? Is that is that is that how uh, these things and and explain a bit with that on the judicial overreach? Why is there a line? What is the overreach that people talk about?
1: so this line is a, it's a, it's not without its uh, uh, dispute uh, or controversies uh, many people i have spoken to um, on the executive side feel that the courts uh, frequently cross the line in matters that they should not be crossing the line many people on the civil society feel that the judges are not doing enough to push the bureaucrats uh, uh, so it's not sort a of one answer um, it will, I mean, there are, there are. I mean, the 80s, 90s, the PILs, if you see, there is a judge who goes on a morning walk, comes back and takes a Suomoto PIL and says, you know, in the interest of the public, the slum should be cleared. You know, those those kind of things have happened. So uh, I wouldn't blanketly say the judiciary does not cross the line. But generally, when we come to granting relief to citizens uh, for damage, I was responding to that. Mm -hmm. particular point that they have not because it's money and they know ultimately when a relief has to be granted monetary relief it uh it it has to come out of somebody's pocket Mm -hmm. and and that has been difficult it's a belt a cat to bell is it the individual bureaucrat who has done something wrong he has done it on the orders of his secretary should you ask it the secretary to pay it secretary is possibly responding to a situation where the politician has asked him to onboard a contractor right so whom should you so that is the what i would say is um, uh, is a bit of a- ambiguity of course the courts have uh, pushed back in other matters for example staffing promotion diversity they have pushed very hard the pro- uh, bureaucracy because we are talking about the public services and public infrastructure that citizens Um, expect from the urban bodies, the governments, in that case, it has not been poor. It has not, it has not been great. Uh, uh, There are exceptions. Again, we should never take it. For example, if you recall, there was this whole series of uh, 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 cases or rather a case that continued for a long time on removing uh, transformers from footpaths, Mm. which has actually ultimately resulted in KEB. Uh, making all transformers on a pole on top, it doesn't come in the way of the footpath. It happened or oh, already have happened because of the change of technology and the modernization of KB or did the courts uh, uh, comments and send directions accelerated? Each situation is a case study by itself.
0: That kind of brings me to the question of the role of uh, politicians in this because there are constraints imposed by the complex system that you talk about where contracting is what can i say captured by certain political interest in many cases right and hence the executive is kind of Uh, caught between the devil and the deep sea where he has to deliver and at the same time he is not in control of some of these things where he's being pushed Uh, these kind of things definitely I am sure that the judiciary takes note of this but I don't know if the politician is governed by something broader that we say Uh, of course it is like anti-corruption is basically what you can put it under. But yeah. But you talked initially, so I'll relate this back to what you said initially, right? So there are conceptual things that are proposed. Yeah. Let's take, for example, tunnel road or elevated flyovers and things like that. This is a decision that the city needs to broadly make. And the politician says, since I have been elected, I can make this anyway. Future of the city and the alternatives for any particular project or things that are proposed for the city is a democratic decision that needs to be made. And we have to participate in the process. And sometimes, while we say what we say, the political class does not need to take that into account. So they might just say, No, I just want to build this anyway because I have the mandate to do it. Right? Do the judiciary step in at that point saying, We have not been provided alternatives? Can, how do we? uh, Of course, you can only count on the due process. Yeah. And even after the due process, if they still make a decision, they make tough luck. We have to live with it and maybe. Wait for somebody else who is your way to come and demolish that and build something else instead. Uh, Just the judiciary step in because at some point it might just be, we can't do anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, um, we have to be mindful of that. We have to be cognizant of the limitations of a a dispute resolution uh, body. Um, You know, unless there is a transgression of a laid down uh, legal procedure, or violation of fundamental rights, um, the courts really don't have mandate to step into uh, anything that is contemplated. Um, so, which is why, you know, um, who is doing the conceptualization? How are they going about it? Do they have the, all the people required in the room? Uh, have they, you know, all of those. So, which is why it becomes important for people to engage with Building due process, making sure that the due process is in place, making sure that uh, uh, there is an engagement on, uh, with the institutions rather than jumping into, um, you know, uh, then your case actually, even though, you, for example, a flyover, if there is no uh, local mandate uh, for a pro- due process uh, in designing a flyover, right? Somebody uh, who goes to the courts will be met with disappointment because uh, ultimately, if not there sometime later, sh- somebody will say there is no mandate for uh, them to follow this procedure, this pro- due process, as you called it. It's important to engage with the development of a due process and the institutions in the due process before jumping off the handle to the uh, constitutional courts. Uh, this is, of course, only for projects that are still in the ideation stage. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe, you know, I, I, EG Prof. Laiver is in the high court. I think they did try the high court route and uh, you could just see the sympathies from the judges. Uh, uh, you know, what there is no alternative to poor uh, decision making within the law. <laughs> you, somebody <laughs> who is authorized to do something does it uh, does follow all the procedure, comes to a wrong conclusion? I don't think there is a legal uh, yeah, request. Really to. You have to just go back and say, how did we elect the person? How was that person appointed? Those are the questions, okay. larger questions, and which is why urban uh, uh, infrastructure and services uh, is, is laying open, is laying bare these larger governance and institutional mechanisms more than other areas is it is showing how much of a khichdi all of this has become. All right, everybody has a hand in it. Everybody is a part of everything. There is a minister in charge, cabinet minister in charge, CM in charge. Then there is a, there is civil society. There are think tanks. There are executives. Everybody is a part of this uh, complete. Each of them have the roles to play. But then still, the outcome is uh, uh, not very palatable. So I think it's it's I w- I would still think that there is a lot to learn. There has been a significant change in the mindset of people who are working on these problems, but there's still a lot to learn for all of us. Uh, um, uh, I'm not particularly in the urban space, but as somebody who's watching the functioning of institutions closely, this is a fascinating area to see how these uh, institutions are uh, interacting with each other.
0: That, That brings me to the question of us. Normal citizens. I wanted to bring the political side out just to make sh- make sure of the point you said is that we need to be careful about what are the ideas being presented and evaluate the stupidity of that and have a vision of our own, which we broadly agree upon, even while we need not nitpick on these things. Where is the city going? What is it happening? So that the urban infrastructure gets built that way. Yeah. And it's very important to put the guardrails on what you should not do, like the famous quote of uh, Jacobi, which is invert. Right. What you don't want to happen, let us make sure of that. And then inside that we can uh, build in. But the question uh, in that was to look at the our propensity to go to the judiciary, to seek records, whether it is personal or PIL, Uh, it is quite slow in nature, Uh, obviously, because the courts have what they have. But instead of trying to sympathize, I'd like to ask, can it not be any better? Why does it take so long to get cases sorted out, especially not just, I'm not just saying in the urban domain, Um, but it just seems that that itself is a big deterrent for most people to say, if I go to the court, I waste a lot of my time and it doesn't yield the results. Then why am I even doing this? Right. Can, how can justice be a deterrent even for small things? Because I'll I'll just like, for example, my uh, uh, dad fell down and had uh, injuries, right? We went in and asked the hospital, you have to pay 5,000, you have to write in this notebook and there itself, they were, sir, do you know that if you do this, you're going to waste a lot of time going to the courts. And then even if you then go and do that and you talk to the police, they say, why don't you file that over there? But remember, you're going to file a lot of, I'll come back to the cost of enforcement and this dissuading, but... Don't you think the delays, let's address the delays in courts. Are they yeah. bad now? What is the situation?
1: Delays are definitely a problem. Uh, there is no uh, getting away from that. A delay is actually uh, a denying of immediate enforcement of anything. Of your rights, of uh, contractual rights, of fundamental rights. Uh, so it is a delay is only a way of saying not now right which means to say you don't have your right now um, which is which is i don't know it's kind of seems like a, 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 a logical. uh logical the situation has improved um, in some case in him uh, in some courts and in some levels it has improved for certain types of cases it has improved but generally most of what we are talking about are writ petitions mm-hmm. and uh, um there is a lot of variation in the time taken for disposal of writ petitions, uh, so it's it's not possible to make a, a, a sweeping statement, broad uh, uh, overarching uh, uh, generalization. Um, it has definitely improved, I would say, but still a lot to be done uh, because delay has cost impo- cost implications. Delay has you know life uh, life and livelihood implications somebody who's who has a shop on a footpath he's been evicted right and there are rules for who can be evicted who can't be evicted how do you hold that you've lost a shop for three months if he's lucky three months right what happens to him so there are severe livelihood and life implications of delays which uh the judiciary needs to think through Again, delays, some scholars have said is a response to the larger, maybe just admitting the case is a way of showing to the other side that, you know, there is something here. So that is sending a signal for them to just go slow or back off, something like that. Or it could be a way of signaling that we are there, don't worry, right? Whether they actually dispose it off is the next one. But I think as as a country, we have... the stage where this admission was sufficient for people to feel that something is happening. We now need to start immediately thinking about, uh, uh, I mean, talking about solutions for delay problems. Um, Access to justice is a broad topic. It it means many things depending on where you are, but uh, uh, for a long period of time, it meant giving people knowledge of their rights and knowledge uh, of recourses, legal recourses, which could be including filing of cases, but I think we have to expand the definition of access to justice to include speedy disposal of cases. Absolutely delays are a problem that uh, whichever way you look at it, you don't have a You can't think around it. You have to solve for
0: it. There is also this uh, cost of enforcement debate that has recently perked up. There was this California Proposition 47 which said up to $1,000, we don't have the ability to uh, or we won't uh, put some kind of a criminal case or some such thing and it'll be a slap on the wrist kind of a thing, if at all. Uh, I have seen that unofficially in our country. So I have been at police stations where there are a couple of There were a couple of kids who came saying, I lost my cell phone. And the police officer just came out after solving a big domestic dispute, which could have ended really badly. And he was saying, you tell me which one am I supposed to do? And he clearly discouraged him, but, but it's just a uh 10000 rupees mm. we, we will spend more time chasing this and the cost of our time we might as well solve that murder issue that has happened yeah. so there is always this ev- evaluation of the opportunity cost by the enforcers and even the executive they start looking so there is a classification of loss is that you are worse off than the other person so it is okay is that an okay thing to do is there is that considered not providing justice is that a natural course of order? Are we supposed to accept it as it is? Uh, what? Sorry,
1: is it? If you can just accept what? Sorry, Accept
0: specific. the ability to not chase this. So he, he clearly, okay, the police, okay. police is clearly saying, yes. don't file a case, just write it if you find a bunch of... I've lost two bicycles and this happened with me. Mm. And one time he said, sir, you just write in this thing if you find a cycle. And then he calls me up after uh, two weeks and says... Uh, he, your cycle is here. I went and see. I said, where's my cycle? He said, look, there the are... One uh, of that, yours is black, right? So this is the black one. Why don't you pick that up? I said, no, but that's not my cycle. He said, no, but it's black. Why don't you yeah. just take it? It's yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just found a bunch of it. 70% met. 70, the color is met. And so it's <laughs> yours. So, and, and in many other cases, they are not even chasing this. I've had even yeah. uh, commercial people say, I've lost a bunch of things, but they don't chase. So this, all I'm saying is, is that okay? Is... These kind of determinations—is that okay? Is that—is that even okay for a society to say that? It has led to disasters in our in our country. It has not led to the disastrous consequences you see. But back in the US, you can see stores are shutting down because people are just walking in, stealing for thousand dollars worth, and going out of the door, right? Uh, but here it is happening. People steal cell phones knowing that the police won't come after them. Yeah. But if they do, they'll come and seize a bunch of cell phones and just this is your cell phone. You can take it. It's ten thousand worth. How is this going? Is that even okay for in an urban area to say things like that?
1: So I think we have to differentiate between cost of enforcement and capacity for enforcement. We have to distinguish and differentiate between these two factors.
0: They're not correlated, you think?
1: uh, I'll come to that in just a bit. So the US example, which we have seen, is uh, possibly a cost of enforcement, which is a very conscious policy decision, the effect of that. But in India, I think we're far away from that. It is a case of people saying, I don't have the capacity to solve for all types of cases. There is no conscious policy decision. It is arising out of helplessness or a a lack of ability to uh, prioritize cases, right? Now, the volume of the dispute The money involved or the property involved is a consideration for in many courts, not just the US, right? Again depends on what type of dispute. If it's a theft, right, it's different because it is a crime. It is different from damages. It is different from uh, defrauding or false uh, uh, Nike being spelled differently and being sold off. right? So, theft is a serious social uh, problem. It is a crime against the society, right? It is an offense against the society. It is not just an economic consequence. There is a social consequence. So, I think we are not in the same, uh, anywhere close to the US situation that uh, uh, you talked about, where we are actually is the... is is this is the situation is that the police and the courts don't have the bandwidth and the number of people and the tools, uh, technological tools, everything else, um, to manage the inflow that that should happen. Please remember that in India, this is from our access approaches to justice survey that Daksh carried out in 2017. We asked 45,000 people across the country, What do you have a justiciable dispute? Which means to say, is it an enforcement of a fundamental right or a legal problem? If you do have a justiciable problem, what do you do with it? Only 10% of the people who had a justiciable problem actually ended up in courts. Right? So there are very small percentage of people in this country who are actually able to even approach courts and that itself they are unable to manage. So there's a huge capacity problem uh, uh there are ways in which it can be solved which is one of of course is to appoint uh, more people but there I, th- I don't think i mean as a mobility person you will know for more traffic you don't build bigger roads and right? you need better transport mechanisms so the ways core deal with that is uh, uh, is a separate topic altogether um, but cost of enforcement has many, I think, dimensions to it. Uh, and what we have not considered is the indirect cost to the society uh, of lack of enforcement of contracts, uh, or lack of enforcement of fundamental rights. How will we know? We will only know maybe after 15, 20 years what has meant because the roads, we were not able to punish the government contractors properly. Or maybe we're already seeing the effects of that in the resort politics, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, We will only know once somebody is is dispassionately disaggregating and dissecting the political, uh, -political, socio-political behaviors. It is not an easy question, absolutely.
0: But what that also results in is what you said is a low-trust kind of a country. We have been called that many times. And anybody I go to say this is a low-trust economy or low-trust country and all of those kind of things. I don't see why we should be a low trust country in terms of contract enforcement or whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, we can have a separate discussion on that, but your thoughts on increasing trust at least can, can I do a trust BBMP to do what they say it is like for, it's a simple thing. Like you talked about mobility, right? Where there is a road hump, there is no signboard saying there is a road hump where there is a signboard saying road hump, there is no uh, road hump really. So simple things where there is supposed to be a traffic signal, it doesn't work. So you lose trust in this, Things that you are supposed to have people respect. So if I stop, if the signboards stop becoming reliable, I stop believing them. And I make my own judgment on what I should do at the signal, what I should do at a road hump or where I should park and what. That goes back to no parking, right? I mean, you don't enforce, you don't do anything. The cost of lawlessness is the lack of trust in our elected people and that translates into business as well, right? If the laws are not enforced, right? I don't trust small uh, businesses and I keep going after the big businesses. And hence the small business doesn't get enough uh, customers to build trust. And, you know, there are a bunch of things. I just want you to reflect on this whole concept of if you don't have good law enforcement at whatever levels, we are continuing to be a low trust country. No,
1: yes. uh, uh, Enforcement is possibly the second half, the consequence. Uh, or an uh, effect of uh, low trust you need enforcement because there is low trust mm-hmm. if there was already trust then you would not have need to have recourse to take recourse to an enforcement mechanism i think there is a flux that is happening uh, because of increasing formalization of relationships and uh, the economy side of things um, uh, there is if you if you the even the businesses in the past seem to run so smoothly on word of mouth, mm. right? Um, but now even with contracts, we're not able to enforce it. How do you how do you handle this uh, dichotomy or a compl- no contradiction? Right. Mm. Money
0: goes,
1: we haven't. I don't want to go into the specifics of it, but we all know what we're talking about. Mm. Uh, uh, but on the other hand, you have a nicely drafted Queen's English signed by both sides on a stamp paper, which is worth nothing. I remember my father built a house in the early 80s and he asked the contractor for an agreement and the contractor said, do you want a house or an agreement? <laughs> right? So, uh, so low trust uh, is, is a complex problem. We should not, uh, uh, I don't think we should look at it mainly legalistically. There are social aspects of it, which needs to, uh, it has, con- definitely it has consequences. Nobody is denying that currently we don't trust as much. There is a, there is a there is a erosion of trust, if not a breakdown, which uh, um, maybe there are others which are building, uh, which we don't yet have visibility on, if one could be optimistic. But if, if you want. To take a contrary view you could say the old trust uh, uh community trust social trust the neighborhood we don't talk to our neighbors as much as we don't share with our neighbors as much as we used to 20 years back right 15 years back so there is i think uh, a, a large to take a contract enforcement in the legalistic view um would possibly be reducing or sim- oversimplifying the problem there is a larger socio-economic force at play which uh, we need to unwrap uh, before we draw some actionables. Maybe the actionables is just an insight and an awareness, <laughs> uh, um, and just being, yeah, this is what it is. That's all. Uh, I, I, I think it's a, it's a difficult question to um, jump into right away. But yes, there is no denying there is a lack, there is a f- erosion of trust. There is no denying that it is leading to pressure on um, legal institutions. The why and the how, what next is, is something that um, needs a larger discussion for sure.
0: True, but I, uh, just to press that one more time, I also believe that uh, uh, there is a lot more uh, non-trustworthy action because the disincentives don't exist because yes. awareness is something I have believed in, but I've, I've seen people telling me that unless the stick there is a needs monetary to be a more. Yeah. If if Absolute, the stick if is not simple. there, the carrots alone are not working, not, right? Absolutely. The bad actor is able to get away, yes, yes, leaving so many people behind on so many things, and then you start just doubting everybody else in the same space, whether Correct. it is a startup Correct. or a established player who goes to another country after yeah. swindling billions. This, this this cannot, yes, and it happens with the reason i'm doing this is as a normal citizen
1: see if i may just so what you, the examples that you gave are high end economic crimes high hmm. end political actions but I, so those are just consequences of the day to day chipping away of exactly. norms right so yeah. those have resulted in people saying uh, uh the tipping we're only seeing the tipping points we're not Correct. seeing the day to day things that are enabling that those t-
0: and that that precisely was my point is that we say these transaction costs at the lowest level is i don't have enough police to investigate crimes why not because hiring them is costly not just in time but also in money i don't have both of those and like you said you can't throw supply infinitely yeah. but there has to be enough of it to not have yes there are the critical mass, right so if you don't chip away at those problems, you are going to have these high-end things, very visible things come up as yeah. well, because it's okay to do this small scale. Little by little, I grow into a big scale defrauder. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How, just your thoughts on this, uh, finally, as to where do you see this going from a judicial perspective? Are you happy with the way it is right now? And say, it is a complex social problem, there are too many things, and judi- uh, the legal system has this thing that they can do. And, How does the citizen, again, coming back to your first question, how does the citizen know where is the city located today in its arc of time and maturity? How do I determine that and how do we figure out what are our recourses?
1: Both are very interesting questions and uh, I may just possibly come out of my comfort zone. and Possibly say in the medium term, I'm I'm optimistic about the way judiciary will evolve. Mm mainly because there is a lag, Uh, I I always think of the judiciary as being very downstream. Um, It has a lot of signaling effect. It has a lot Mm -hmm. of effect on the entire larger social, economic, political uh, 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 system, Uh, but it is very downstream. And -hmm. because we are seeing a lot of, uh, we have seen the last 25, 30 years, so many changes in other parts of the economy, in the society, it's going to be very difficult for the judiciary to not be impacted by it to stay away from being uh open to it uh there are other uh, uh reasons for it uh to uh not be impacted but i'm 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 fairly optimistic about the way judiciary is going to be responsive to the needs of the citizens in the medium term um i'm unfortunately not so optimistic about the s- state of the cities uh the urban space um you know maybe there is a space for creative destruction. Uh, you mm-hmm. have to let some cities die. You may have to mm-hmm. build and build new cities. Uh, I thought the smart cities was a good idea because it picked a lot of tire two cities. You can't completely build uproot and build new cities, but there doesn't seem to be any thinking through of, of newer cities completely. A fresh, which will uh, uh, you know, take away the pressure from the other uh, top cities, um, unless those other things happen. Um, I, I I don't see a, such a uh, bright scenario for the urban landscape in the next uh, ten years.
0: I want to switch it a little more positive in saying, how do we look at the demand management? Because you can increase the supply of courts capacity and other things. But demand management in, uh, might mean, like you said, is taking away some of this burden and looking at alternative yeah. way of remedying these kind of things. What support structures can be formed on the outside which doesn't need you to... Uh, how do we? How, what can you imagine in the urban space that can uh, solve the political and the executive problem? Are there conversations that can be done? Are there convenings that can help? Are there committees that can work uh, uh, as an ombudsman of sorts to do you see civil society in that how can you reimagine that space outside of the court on the demand side not bring everything every fall need not come to the court. can we have a more reliable
1: that's exactly what we started our conversation with the engagement with the executive and the political needs to be more uh, they they need to provide for and possibly the court should push back and say, have you exhausted those remedies, maybe there is a law that needs to come in place for uh, damages that will be awarded to citizens who suffer from bad footpath or bad roads. Uh, So in terms of, uh, uh, there are certain rights for which it is only the courts that uh, uh, should be responsible for enforcing, uh, finding, upholding, etc. So with the fundamental rights, right? The those can't be touched; should not be touched. Um, but your grievance redressal mechanisms can be much stronger. Um, mm-hmm. You are um, uh, re- a pres- a representation and engagement with the policymakers can be much stronger. Those are the ways in which you can diffuse and reduce the uh, dependency on courts uh, for. Um, making your cities much better there is i don't think there's any other way you could have an app you could have a platform Um, again these are various ways in which you improve engagement the idea stays that there is somebody responding to somebody asking somebody asking was earlier letters to the editor in the last 20 years now it's gone to social media posts now you have email ids and twitter handles to tag um but there is somebody who needs to say this is important you have to respond to this that does not go away that should not go away that should be even only be strengthened
0: i guess that uh, kind of summarizes where we are there is no other solution than getting better people at the helm who really care about solving problems who really look at this complex system and say let's help you break it down and there is also this whole thing about uh, how do we get people to know these things. Of course, we have these conversations, but I want to take a legal recourse. Have I checked off the list of the other things that I have done? I think there is space for people in the civil society to put that together and Absolutely. put guidance on uh, more Correct. visibly, right?
1: Absolutely. There is, I mean, the educational tools available for citizens to make them aware of their options. Should you go to city civil court? Should you go to high court? Should you go to consumer court? Is there a tribunal specifically?
0: Mm. Right. That
1: educational, uh, uh, material definitely should uh, be uh, improved. There is a big case we made for that.
0: Yeah, it may at least even be as simple as an infographic of an if-then Correct. flow chart, which says, Correct. if you do this, this is what it is, and then Correct. in the end, like if you if you lost a cell phone, forget about it, go back home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it just, happened
1: uh... just last week. Uh, uh, we were just <laughs> discussing last week. Somebody uh-huh. did have a problem with a white- washing machine who somebody came and posed themselves as authorized dealers and ran away with the PCB. And the lawyers uh, said, don't even bother.
0: (laughs) Write it off. Right, you know. right off all the small frauds in the end you will run out you'll, you'll be spending of...
1: money on me you can with that money you spend on me you can just buy another washing
0: machine another washing this is what I was talking about the cost of enforcement thing yes. right slowly yes. if that inflation on the cost happens tomo- today it is 20,000 rupees tomorrow it might be 50,000 rupees and then 1 lakh yeah. you know, the poor are saying I mean, you had a washing machine, you could afford one and you lost it. But Good. what about my whatever else in my house? Somebody just took it away. It yes. would be a life savings of my vehicle, for example. right? Yes. Somebody stole the battery in my vehicle. Yeah. The police are not even equipped to chase batteries. You know, how many batteries am I supposed to chase? Yeah. All your vehicles yeah. are losing batteries anyway. The cost of trust there and the cost of theft. Anyway, so it's been an interesting conversation, Surya. Thank I mean, thanks for uh, spending time and talking about this. Uh, I'm a little bit wiser, but I still need an infographic or some such thing (laughs) to navigate my life. We will work on it. (laughs) Let's say maybe we should bring something out and put it in. But thanks very much uh, for this thing, uh, for coming on the show. And uh, I call out to everyone to like, subscribe, and share this video so we can have more interesting guests like Surya come on the show and uh, talk to you. Uh, See you all next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.